Another edition of Beat the Closing Number presented by TheLines.com discussing all things Kentucky Derby, the 149th edition of the run for the Roses as we've been doing all week over at TheLines.com. Going to be joined by a very special guest to my right, but we'll introduce him in just a moment before we get started. Remember to give the video a thumbs up and ring the bell to get notifications Whenever the Lions releases a new sports betting video on any market, including the Kentucky Derby. And also head over to thelines.com for a chance to win a $25 Amazon gift card in our contest for the Kentucky Derby, which is actually over at play.thelines.com. But the link is at thelines.com if you want to head over for all things Derby betting and also have a chance to receive a FanDuel Racing promo, $20 no sweat derby bet. And that promo is also at thelines.com. But without further ado, it's time to introduce Simon Bray at FanDuel TV. Simon on Twitter, a grade one winning trainer, and now with FanDuel TV and FanDuel Racing at Churchill Downs, currently a couple days away from the derby. How's it going today, Simon? Oh, it's phenomenal. The build-up is tremendous. I mean, the the atmosphere here. You know, I came back, I was here in 20, 2001 as a trainer with a horse in the Kentucky Derby, and I thought it was phenomenal then. But over the years, the, the job that Churchill Downs has done, is, you know, building this event up, making it a, a Tier 1 sporting event. It used to be Oaks Derby, and then they added Thurby, which is today, and then they added Wednesday, and then yesterday. I mean, on Tuesday, they had 5-0 Tuesday for the locals, so... Now it's a, you know, it's a, a true five-day uh, huge event, and it's the conditions are perfect. Couldn't be happier. And let's get into your handicapping strategy for the Derby. Maybe just when it comes to racing in general, but yeah. how does your handicapping process differ from any other race as opposed to the Derby, the Kentucky Derby itself? A great question, because I, I think a lot of people do, when it gets to the Derby, they overanalyze a little bit, just because it's the Kentucky Derby. Uh, you, you know, I, I tend to take a, a step back, or at least that's what I've done the last couple of years. Uh, you know, the Derby prep start in January. I, I tend to just sit back and watch until about a month out, and then start really handicapping. And I, I start with form handicapping, just picking out which jurisdiction I think had the best three-year-olds, whether it was down in Louisiana, Florida the Midwest or the West Coast. And that's really where I start and, and, and try and analyze and, and see which is the best group going into the Kentucky Derby from what region. A bit like the NCAA, NCAA you know, where they have the, the regionals. Um, and that, that's what I do. And then I start making my decisions. And uh, But I, I try not to overanalyze. I try to look at it as if this was a mile and quarter race on a Wednesday or a Thursday at a regular racetrack with, with you know, the same conditions rather than get pulled into all the hype. You're speaking my language with a college basketball reference right there. But let's take a look at the favorite in terms of the morning line odds. Forte sure. is priced at 3-1. to one. It was plus 200 at other sports books, depending on where you're shopping before the morning line odds came out. And obviously, FanDuel Racing, our audience will be able and eligible to bet the Kentucky Derby starting Friday over at FanDuel Racing. But... California Chrome was the last horse to accumulate the most points during prep races for the Derby that actually won the Kentucky Derby back in 2014. So Forte could be the next horse to do so, or 
could be a bust, but do you think the odds for Forte just numbers wise are overvalued? Um, look, you mentioned California Chrome. If, I, if I'm looking at the two, just on 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 sheer past performances, projecting the future, Forte had a much better resume as a two year old coming into the, this year's Kentucky Derby than California Chrome did. He, I mean, he was a marginal horse as a two year old. He ran some decent races. He really exploded in his first two starts at three, winning in California in the Santa Anita Derby. Forte had a tremendous two year old campaign. And he started off in great fashion. He's he's carried that excellence over the as a champion two year old into his three year old year. The, if if you asked me a month ago after the Florida Derby when he won, and I was right there, I was I was next to his trainer Todd Pletcher, watched the race next to him afterwards. The minute that horse crossed the wire, I said he's going to be nine to five, you know, even money for the Kentucky Derby, and that and that's a short price in a field of twenty horses doing something for the first time. You that the favorite is always a little bigger price in the Kentucky Derby than it normally would be in a, any given regular race just because of the, you know the x factor of the distance and and what the horses have to go through to me it's remarkable how that price has gone from what i thought would be nine to five two to one to three to one and i think by post time that that price might drift up Eli. i think he might be seven to two people are backing away from forte for whatever reason and it's not because of what he hasn't done it's just that you know, as the races have got longer, he's still winning, but not with such authority that he did early on in his career. He's getting the job done, but I mean, he overcame a lot last time, but there are a lot of other horses that, you know, in the peer group that are catching up. And as the mile and a quarter comes, it might hurt him a little bit and it might help some of the others. So I think you'll get value with a lot of the other horses rather than Forte. I'll be, I'd be taking a stand against him personally. Um, I, I think seven to two, three to one is a short price in a horse where you've got 19 other horses. You can go price shopping. And we'll get into the rest of the morning line odds here momentarily, but you mentioned Todd Pletcher. So let's go that direction first. He and Brad Cox differed in their opinions about post position and how much it matters for the Derby and the winner itself earlier right. in the week. So for you personally, how much do you account for post position when it comes to handicapping the race? Or just your expectations overall. I, I think we read a lot into post position. I, I, I think primarily most of the post positions are okay, no matter where you're drawn. I, I think Cox has a problem with, with with the one and one hole with verifying and the two with uh, excuse me the one hole with uh, hit show and the two with verify. Those inside posts are an issue. The last horse to win out of the inside post was Ferdinand back in 1986. But if you look at the statistics. Historically, most of the post positions are fairly even as far as providing the number of winners in the Derby. The, the five hole has the most with ten. The only horse that the only post position that is blanked in the Derby is post seventeen. Um, but you know, the last year they implemented a, a twenty horse stall starting gauge, which was the first time they've ever done that in history. Before we used to have fourteen, and then you know, uh, fifteen, and then five in an auxiliary stall. And where they would join together, there was a gap of about two or three stalls. So those outside horses were parked further out. I think it's a little bit, you've got a better chance now if you're parked out wide with the 20 horse gate. And as far as the one hole goes, that gate is not tucked on the rail. There's more room to move it out and, and it gives the riders a little better chance. So I tend not to look at post position too much. Is it a concern? Is it a talk? Because we have the draw and we have five days leading up to it. It's another talking point. It is, but it's just trip. You have to get a good trip no matter where you are, whether it's, you know, two, three, four or 17, 18, 19, 20. And it's just the luck of the draw. It really, really is. 
And I want to focus on one horse in particular before we get into some of your ideal horses for the Derby. And two fills is one of the favorites, or at least priced among them at 12 to 1 as of the morning line odds on Monday when they came out. And he's coming off a victory at Jeff Ruby Stakes. And two fills has won four of his eight career starts with jockey Jareth Loveberry aboard for most, if not all of them. And Loveberry is actually making his Kentucky Derby debut on Saturday. Is that a horse that you think could contend whether whether two fills will be among maybe some of your straight wagers or show bets or even exotics? No, unfortunately I didn't. I look, his win was impressive in the Jeff Ruby stakes, but you know, that's a synthetic surface racetrack. That is not dirt. That is an artificial surface. Some horses excel on that. A lot of, you know, historically a lot of trainers have bypassed that on the way to the Derby with decent horses. Cause you know, they want to prep on a familiar dirt surface. And the problem is he's faced Forte before Forte's beaten him. He's faced Angel of Empire. Angel of Empire's beaten him. He's faced Confidence Game. Confidence Game ran just behind him. Um, um, so I, I think he's got ground to make up. Animal Kingdom was the last Derby winner to win off a synthetic surface. I don't think Two Fills is in that type of category, unfortunately. I think one of the things about him, though, I will, I will say this. He's a horse that originate, you know, he was down in Louisiana this winter. And, you know, back to what I was saying at the top, as far as the jurisdictions go, I think Louisiana might prove to be one of the strongest regional jurisdictions this year as far as providing horses into the Kentucky Derby. Angel of Empire came out of, came out of there on one. So he, he's exiting in a deep race. And, and, and all he did was enhance the credentials by leaving Louisiana, going to Kentucky and winning the Jeff Ruby Stakes. If you're going to use him, I mean, he's a horse maybe to use underneath at a decent price, but I'd be looking around, you know, 15 to one on him. And just backtracking a little bit and looking at some of the long shots, obviously last year was an exception with an 80 to one horse to win the Kentucky Derby. But this is something I mentioned on one of my podcasts earlier in the week with Chris Felica from Fox now, formerly Mm -hmm. of ESPN and college game day. Is that something where you think betters may be honing in on too much in this year's Derby race after what we saw last year in terms of maybe some of the longer shots being priced down later in the week come Saturday? You mentioned Forte maybe being priced up to close to 5-2, to two, so plus 350 right. to win the Derby. Are some of these long shots going to get bet down in your eyes come Saturday? Uh, and I think they will, maybe for a little different reason. I, th- I think this is a more evenly matched group than last year, despite an 80 to 1 uh, shocker last year. You know, it does happen. Um, and since the introduction of the point system, you know, several years ago, um, you know, it's taken away a lot of the early speed out of, out of those races. Those early sprinting two year olds don't win the points they did to get into the Derby. So the year I ran in the Kentucky Derby as a trainer, for example, 2001, it was the second fastest. Uh, Kentucky Derby in history behind Secretariat. I mean, we had a sprinter in that song and a prayer, 44 and changed the opening half mile, fastest half mile in Derby history. That doesn't happen anymore. So what we've seen evolve is horses that like to be within four or five lengths of the lead down the backside. Last year was an anomaly. Rich Strike just came from, from off the pace. It happens. Mind that bird, it happened. And every once in a while, it will. Um, but I, I don't think that's going to happen this year. I, I think there's some long shots in here, like Skinner, the nine, at 20 to one, that, you know, have a legitimate chance of picking up some pieces late. And you mentioned Skinner, so I'm going to tease 
your sure. winners or potential straight bets here, play show bets one more time because I do want to ask you whether it was when you trained and when you were an actual participant in the Derby or any horse, horse race for that matter, were you aware of betting, whether it was people discussing it around you or to you when it came to the Kentucky Derby and your horse's odds, whatever it may be, for the Derby itself or for other races when it comes to betting? Because whether it's trainers for the Kentucky Derby or former Major League Baseball player, players, whatever sport, batters are very in the know and and players and trainers for that matter are also very in the know when it comes to betting odds so how much did you partake in the gambling side of things maybe not betting on the derby but just your overall awareness when yeah, it came I, to yeah yeah good question i mean when i when i was training you know a lot younger was, you know i i was you know, really trying to um, establish myself as a trainer. I had a great job. I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to it, to be honest with you. I wasn't a batter. When I came to the Kentucky Derby for the first time, I bought a horse here that was really a grass horse. The owners wanted to run in the race, StarTech. And I, and I didn't really feel like he belonged, but I, I just, you know, I went along with it. And my horse was one of the, actually probably one of the longest priced horses in Derby history in the last 25 years. I don't think they had enough numbers on the tote board. It's only two digits. <laughs> Um, and, and he ran 10th. He split the field. He ran over. I didn't really pay attention to it all week until the horses were going in the gate. I was looking at, at the odds board for the rest of the time when I was training. Um, again, I, I wouldn't play, pay close attention to the odds. Maybe, you know, when the racing, when the PPs came out, the racing form came out, I would look just from a standpoint of knowing that it wasn't from a betting standpoint for me as a trainer back then. It was more like, OK, I've placed my horse in a spot where they have a realistic chance, you know. Uh, I'd always say to myself, you know, I want to be in a spot where I'm four to one or less. At least I'm giving myself a chance there. And that was the only re- the way, the only reason I used the odds really back when I was training, just to to make sure I, I my horse was placed in a decent uh, spot and competitive spot. That's an interesting look back on your career, and now yeah. on to what the viewers want the most, which are winners, <laughs> and not that all the pressure is on you, Simon, but. Little bit of pressure on you here. Straight bets, exotics, right. anything on the table, whatever you want to discuss betting wise for the Derby. Straight up win bet. Keep it simple. I mean, I think the thing with the Derby is, you know, there's many ways to do it from from the from the novice picking names to colors to the hardcore handicapper <laughs> that has the form memorized. I mean, I think you've just got to go with what you know best. Keep it simple. I mean, you know, you get complicated with super effective bets, picking the top four winners in the race. I mean, that, that just, historically, it's had some huge payoffs in the Kentucky Derby. There's always price underneath. I like, a, for the win bet for me on top, I like Angel of Empire. That's the 14 horse for Brad Cox. Um, to, to my point, he comes out of Louisiana. He ran in the Risen Star and he won that. And then he went to Arkansas. And he won the Arkansas Derby, beating Reincarnate, who was coming from the West, beating Rocket Can, who was coming out of Florida, who ran just behind Forte early in the year. So in my form handicap, I like to use form handicapping a lot. Some people use figures. It's my European background. We handicap on who beat who and when and adjusting for, you know, improvement. I think Angel of Empire, he's got a good post in 14. He's a horse that doesn't need to be 10 lengths back. He doesn't need to be chewing it up on the front end in a speed duel. I think he gets a perfect trip. So I like Angel of Empire. If I'm playing him in an exact, I mean, he's good enough on the win end right now. He's probably eight to one morning line. He should stay around that price come derby time. You know, you play an exacta, key him on top with two, three horses underneath 
Skinner, definitely the nine, because he's going to be a price at nine, uh, 20 to one morning line coming out of the same post that John Sheriff's the trainer won with Giacomo back in 2005. Um, and he's a horse that had a rough trip, wide trip last time out. I think he'll come chugging late. The Japanese horse, he's a horse that might be undervalued a little bit because he, he's going to get a lot of attention. Derma Satagake. Um, he was very impressive in the UAE Derby. A lot of the speed figure guys I've talked to this week um, say he had the best speed number of any Derby prep. He, I think he could get in the mix. And, you know, the Japanese horse have been really, really good over the last several years globally. And I think he could get in the mix, especially in a year like this. So those would be my major players in here, I think. Um, and finally, Tapit Trice. I think he finishes in front of Forte, the other Pletcher runner. He's a horse that... Very atypical of a Tappet. I don't want to get too much into the bloodlines and, and confuse everybody with pedigrees, but, <laughs> you know, Tappet horses, that's the father of the sire of Tappet Trice, usually hot-blooded and, and very uh, up-tempo. He's very laid back. I don't think we've gotten to the bottom of him. He's a horse that's like rowing a boat or riding a bike. He only goes as hard as you pedal. You stop pedaling, he stops running. If you keep pedaling and get a clean trip, he's just going to keep wearing you down, and I think he's improving, so... But those would be my my top four contenders. Great insight when it comes to betting on the Derby. No question about it. And I mentioned this earlier to wrap here, Simon. The FanDuel sure. Racing promo over at thelines.com. You have a $20 no-sweat Derby bet opportunity over at thelines.com. But FanDuel also recently announced their partnership with Churchill Downs, which you mentioned that you're at currently and will be broadcasting from for the next couple of days and obviously the day of the Derby on Saturday. But what can betters and also just horse racing fans in general expect from FanDuel and FanDuel TV for the Kentucky Derby? Yeah, you know, this partnership with Churchill Downs has been a long time coming and we're, we're so grateful to be part of it. You know, FanDuel TV, originally known as TVG back in, in the day, um, you know, had a, an association with Churchill Downs 20 years ago. Uh, and then, that you know, the parties went separate ways and we've come back together at a very crucial time with, with the introduction of sports betting. So, yeah, for the first time in many years, we've been here on site with continuous coverage on our FanDuel TV Plus app. You can, that's, that's free. You can get that at uh, Roku, Amazon, Firestick, Apple TV, all the places. And just uh, watch our continuous coverage. It's commercial free. Um, me and my colleagues are there all week long covering the races and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And that partnership after this year's Derby is only going to get better and stronger as we'll have a presence on site at all the race meets here at Churchill Downs. Great insight and information from Simon Bray on Twitter at FanDuel TV. Simon, Simon, really appreciate the time today and good luck on all your coverage. And of course your bets, that's what's most important to yeah. our audience and, I know they appreciate your information and we'll be watching the rest of the week and on Saturday. So thank you very much. Appreciate it, Eli. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Good to be with you. Of course. And that's going to do it for this edition of Beat the Closing Number, the 149th edition of the Kentucky Derby. More betting information the rest of the week, whether it's on Major League Baseball and the like over at thelines.com. Thanks for watching and listening. I'm Eli Herskovich. So long, everybody. 